Oh, oh god, I made it back through from the wormhole. Oh, I'm finally back. We can get on with this. Hats? Red! Red, it's hats. you! Oh, thank god you're okay. I had to do the editing, Hats. I was oh, alone. No. Oh no. I have found the perfect way to edit. Come, come listen. Come listen. Oh, oh god, oh no. Do you hear? Oh, 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 I'm what? A genius. Oh, what is, what is that? That, I'm no. A genius. No, why? No. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. Look, Red, it's it's okay. It's okay. Just just step oh. away from the computer. It's fine. I know. I'll I'll take over from here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh god. Hello everybody. Welcome back to Farscape Rewatch. Uh we are back for season 4. Hello. Woo. I am Carmel Hatson. With me is Red Nightmare. I feel like kicking something. <laughs> Let's kick it. Wait, can we kick it? Yes, we can. We can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the first episode of season four of Farscape called Crichton Kicks. Yep. Final season, boys and girls. Yeah, we're doing it. This is it. Like we said at the end of season three, like this is we're going to try and like just go through all of this and then into Peacekeeper Wars and then we'll be done. So we're on the home stretch now for season four. And so a whole ton of things happened at the end of season three. Then we took our break and we hope you all had a good Christmas period. Mm -hmm. We took our Christmas break. I guess happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year and uh, happy holidays to everyone. (laughs) So yeah, let's uh, kick this off then. So previously on Farscape, this episode, you know, has to start out with that because it was, you know, beginning of season but actually the first thing we notice before anything happens is we are now in widescreen wait are we yes we're not it's not in 4.3 anymore it's widescreen really yeah i did not notice how did you how do you not notice that (laughs) hang on a second how do you not notice that it's in it's not in widescreen like there's a whole extra part of the frame that's being used (laughs) give me a second here (laughs) are you just checking the dvd Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> they did make uh, square aspect ratio versions for broadcast in some places where, you know, they wouldn't have widescreen as prevalent, but there's a whole extra part of the frame being used now. Holy shit, how did I not notice that? <laughs> oh my god. I'm apparently so used to it being 4x3 that I didn't, but even then... that would... <laughs> There are black bars on the edge of the screen when it's 4x3. There used to they're be, not, yes, they're not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> I guess I'm so used to widescreen that it doesn't even it doesn't register. register yeah. Well, anyway, we are in widescreen now, so we have a whole extra part of frame to use, which is nice. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the first things that stood out. It's like, oh, yeah, they went widescreen now. And <laughs> apparently Red just did not notice at all. Sorry. What, where are we? <laughs> what are we doing? Anyway. I mean, I know I'm bad at subtlety, but this is kind <laughs> This is of not bad. subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a third extra <laughs> right anyway so previously on farscape the last arc of season three was you know blowing up the wormhole project and then everybody left uh dargo went to kill macton chiana went to find her brother in the nabari resistance rigel was like i'm going home screw you i'm going home aaron was like i'm going off to find the uh rogue peacekeepers who are you know uh assassins or whatever they do you know dispensing justice and her and Crichton had a big emotional scene and 
she decides to leave or they leave it up to fate with the coin toss and john had some visions about what his future would look like but more specifically an old woman whispered in his ear that Aaron was with child which is big news and then once everyone has left he's hanging out inside his module just hanging out outside of moya and then moya gets sucked into a wormhole out of nowhere yeah and he's like oh this is great so we ended season three on john alone in his module just floating in space in the sacred leviathan death Mm -hmm. space and so when we come back into well we have the previously on and then it says sometime later and we see Crichton in his module still except well he's talking to pilots yes and he has a beard and like dressed in sort of rags almost notably so we've seen Crichton with a beard before yes and i panicked (laughs) that's why i panicked (laughs) it's like no no not the beard again not the beard again we saw Crichton with a beard in uh jeremiah Crichton all the way back in season one that was a fake beard this beard is 100% real. Ah, okay. Like, Ben Browder actually, he actually grew this beard in between season three and four. <laughs> like, it's a, it was, nice. and it looks, it, like, oh, I haven't looked back at Jeremiah Crichton ever, because why would you? I, I checked. No, this beard is it's way, way better. better. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Because I wanted to check if Jeremiah Crichton really had a beard, as I dreaded remembering it's like no no bad association do not do this to me farscape do not do this to me i mean so he's talking to pilot and he says like i'm out of fuel come on let me back in and i'm like oh how long has he been here but then it pans around and we see that there is a leviathan there but then he hears from the pilot who wasn't responding and it's not our pilot no we see a shot of that pilot and it's a slightly different head design but more importantly there's, like, scabs everywhere, like, areas where the skin has decayed, yeah. and this, it's clearly old and dying. Yeah, and the pilot was asleep, and so John had to shout and, like... I did dozed off. Yeah, and he smiles, he's, like, dozed off again, yeah. And it's a female pilot, actually, and a male leviathan. Yeah. And so uh, they let John back on board, he comes back in. The leviathan is also, like, it's it has, like, a wrinkled skin. You can see its ribs because it's slightly emaciated, Mm. I guess, for a Leviathan. Yeah, exactly. And so back aboard the Leviathan, John is sitting on the pilot's console, playing with a ball, just lying back. And uh, the pilot is reading off, like, there's a store of, I think she says, cranium alloy uh, on this tier. And uh, John's like, no, I can't use that without purification and reduction. And so she's like, well, I'm sorry then, there's nothing that can facilitate your escape before we die. John's like, well, if you hadn't come along, uh, I would have been dead a lot sooner, so could have been worse. And apparently, because um, this pilot says that she and her leviathan had promised each other that they'd die in the sacred death space, which is a yeah. metal name for this place. I believe that the sacred burial ground I'm is what they I'm pretty sure they say death space. Or they say the boat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, also the Leviathan is called Elac. But and also the voice of the female pilot is yeah, obviously very different. But you can hear like the old sort of tired yeah. voice in that and yeah, they really sell it with like the slow jerky puppet movements as well. It's really good. And John's like, well, you know, like he's, like we said he's he said, well, if you hadn't come along I'd be dead a long time ago. And he says I've almost cracked wormholes for dummies. So once I've done that, no reason to stick around. And then he just goes, wah, throws the ball up in the air, which is a great yeah. cut. Because then he's, um, <laughs> then he goes down to the maintenance bay 
being followed along by a DRD. Mm-hmm. And not just any DRD. No, this is a DRD that he's painted red, white, and blue, and it has 1812 written on the side. And the DRD is whizzing along, playing the 1812 overture. Yes. It's just beeping out. Do, 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 do. And John's like conducting him. It's like, faster, faster, allegro, hey! <laughs> And just like skipping down the corridor. <laughs> well, he's painting on things, equations. Yep, yep. Like painting on crates, on doors, on bits of wall. Like this entire Leviathan is covered in his equations by now. Yeah. It's actually really cool. And like, oh, he's been there a while and he's drinking something that. I think uh, he's making moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can actually see, like, there's a bit where the close-up on 1812, and there's something, like, dripping into a cup behind him. And it's like, yeah, he's distilling something there. (laughs) He calls it wine a little bit later on, and, like, so you have a beard. You're in rags, you're drinking wine, and you're solving the the answers of the universe. (laughs) Laying it on a bit thick, are we? (laughs) I know. I, I actually quite like, like, the... This version of Crichton of being like he's been stuck yeah, there a long like time. It. All his friends are gone. Like he's got to focus on one thing, and he's gone a little bit loopier mm-hmm. than than mm-hmm. usual. Uh, but also just the just eighteen twelve because they he, eighteen twelve like beeps out the eighteen twelve overture, yeah. and then the soundtrack comes in yes. with it as well. You know, it actually starts playing on the soundtrack, and it keeps going. And then the pilot comes over the intercoms. It's like, um, Commander. There is a ship coming in. It's a small ship. Uh, sorry, I didn't see it sooner. John just keeps conducting, keeps working. and Oh, it's out of control. And you see it just zoom into the hangar bay. And John looks at a wall. Zoom through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just looks at it very calmly and, like, tilts his head. It crashes. And then he, like, walks over, picks up 1812, and, like, steps <laughs> yeah, back. like, okay. I just, I love that he picks up 1812 and is like, no, come with me. <laughs> And then this this very small like pod just crashes through the the maintenance bay. And I think this is where we get the opening intro. Not quite. There's a little bit okay. Sorry. after that where because what happens is the you know knocks over a bunch of crates, smashes a bunch of stuff. There's some stuff is now on fire, and then a uh, woman steps out. Before she steps out, John puts eighteen twelve down. It's like go fetch. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, and just goes. <laughs> goes across and yeah the woman steps out uh with sort of pale skin and orange hair which is something we're not you know unfamiliar with but it's uh done up in like little braids that stick out from her head and he and of course he pulls a gun and points it at her and she's like what can you do for me yeah she says like if you are sane or sober enough to understand like you should point your gun behind you because the creatures following me they execute on sight now what are you going to do for me <laughs> like oh hi thank you for just crashing into our ship i appreciate your being this <laughs> a sorry would have been nice yeah also john is just just stone-faced looking at her and just takes a sip of yeah. his wine <laughs> it's just like okay <laughs> back to th- this again i guess yeah i think this is when we get like yes. titles it's around this and point titles are slightly different i mean the music and the um, the visuals are very similar. Music is the same, I think. But the voiceover is different. It's like he's been out for three years. He's made some powerful enemies. We see Grazer and Scorpius show up on screen. And uh, what, what the most important part for me is, is that there's no more, there's no more two voices alternating. I'm like, oh, 
really back to one again because he says like yeah he does actually have like a the opening titles now explains like three years ago i was stuck you know stuck through a wormhole and you know i've made enemies powerful ones and then then he says his goal now is to uh get home to warn earth about what's coming yep. then look up and share in the wonders i've seen so his goal is slightly different now because he's decided like okay i gotta figure out wormholes i gotta get home and i gotta warn them because it's inevitable apparently they're uh, we're closer to all of this than we thought like it's only 60 cycles away at max speed that's i mean it's not close it's not that far either nope so yeah that was interesting and also notably um lanny tupu and paul goddard are not in the opening credits anymore both of them having left the show now as crazy I mean, and stuff lanny tupu is not coming back <laughs> Well, not as Christ. I mean, he may return as pilot. Yes, very but... true. But <laughs> it's unclear if Stark is going to come back. It's very possible. Yeah. So, but they're not in the opening credits. So they're not obviously. They're not regulars. So uh, when we come back, um, the uh, alien woman who crashed in the ship is saying to John, "Like there shouldn't be anybody here. This is a dying ship." And then he's like, "Okay, no. First, who? What? Where? Why? When? How?" Calm down. My brain can't handle. Translator microbes. I need to learn your language. Start talking. Give me words. What is this? What What is this? And she starts pointing at his cup. And he also points at his, his gun because he's still holding it at her. And he goes, Winona, pulse pistol, you know, gun, then wine, crate, ship. Ceiling, floor. I like that he can understand her because he does have translator microbes. Hmm. If you don't know that specific dynamic, you'll be like, wait, hang on. How can he understand her but not the other way around? But yeah, so he basically going through that and trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah, and she says, like, your alphabet, you know, in order. And he goes, like, oh, man, long time since I did this. Then he sings, like, A, B, C, D. And then he's like, now I've sung my A, B, Cs. The piano that accompanies him is kind of creepy. Yeah. It's <laughs> a little that bit. has gone a little bit loopy. Well, because also she says, like, I need sentences, you know, form nouns, verbs. And he's like, okay, once upon a time, I was happy here. You know, not much going along. Almost cracked the secrets of the universe, one horse for dummies, until you crashed through everything, pissing me off. And look at look at all my calculations. Like, boxes thrown everywhere. I was almost there. He's like, so the only thing I had still had going for me, you destroyed. Yeah, great. <laughs> oh, he does also say at one point, like, when he's doing... That that spiel is like, and so I'm here on working like a mofo on um, <laughs> on wormholes. Yeah. Slip that past I the sentence. I was going to say I missed that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but uh, so what she says is that look, the Grudex who are following me, uh, they they will shock the Leviathan, incapacitating it. Then pilot comes over the comms like, um, commander, there's another chip incoming and it's a lot bigger and then what she actually says is that they don't they want the pilot to be conscious because they need the pilot alive to harvest tubray tissue and she also asks can this thing still starburst and john's like ha ha you understand pilot of course you understand pilot <laughs> yeah and then uh, he says well, of course it's too old can't starburst no starburst actually quick thing when he he asks her like are they going to kill the pilot and he starts speaking spanish he's like pilot muerta <laughs> she's like no no no, 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 no pilot muerta they needed a lie 
<laughs> it's like, don't confuse her by speaking Spanish, John. <laughs> don't, don't start mixing languages, you idiot. <laughs> so anyway, the Grudex come in in their big ship. They ram the Leviathan. And the alien woman, she says, like, we need a small enclosed space. They're going to fumigate. Fumigate. Yes. <laughs> and we see, like, gas bombs come out of the ship. And so they duck into Crichton's module. Where at once the fumigation has started, we see them through the cockpit sitting faces towards each other. He's basically in his seat and she's sitting on his lap. And I'm like, that's bullshit. There's enough room in the back for her. Why? (laughs) Makes for a more tense scene. I'll admit that. But yeah. So John is then asking her, like, who are the Grudex? And she says that they're Tubray hunters. And Tubre is Leviathan uh, neural cluster tissue, which is consumed by many cultures to enhance their higher brain function. I also like how, how he says, let me pick this up, this one up fast, because she's, al- she's already yes. understanding his language. And she says that she was with the hunters until she fled for her life, because the organization that she works for, they were hired to find Leviathans. And so she was given half a cycle to become an expert on Leviathans. And she worked really hard and studied everything, and she found the sacred place because, and because Tubre gets richer the older the Leviathan is. Her reasoning is also if they're gonna hunt Leviathans, better just give them old ones who are already dying, and so you don't kill some young creature in its prime and its entire crew. And John's response is like, well, at least you've thought about it. Yeah. I mean, if she was hired to do it, she did it as morally as she could. So yeah, I mean that is fair. Like she so, sort of has a point, but John is clearly still not really okay with this because I mean I don't I don't know if it's an option to say no to these jobs. Yeah, this is true. But anyway, so that's why they're there in the uh, sacred burial space, and so we actually then have a cut into John's mind. We have another vision of John's the lovely real estate of John's mind. Come here for the condos, the beaches. The bikini-clad ladies and Harvey in a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, he's got... It's the same Hawaiian shirt. The same one. Yes, remember from the first time we saw him. I'm sorry. I can't, re- I, I can't remember all sh- everything Harvey wears. You can't, you can't expect this from me. I checked. It's, it's, the, it's the same one from Crackers Sweet. Don't Matter. And, yeah, no, so John's walking down the beach and he's, he's like, clean-shaven and wearing, like, you know, T-shirt, shorts and... Uh, sunglasses and it's a lovely beach it's actually filmed on bondi beach in australia and uh he's walking down there and harvey like runs up behind him <laughs> waddles up behind him i i'd say more likely <laughs> god paul wayne pigram because like like head to toe leather on a beach oh god Can you imagine how uncomfortable that must be so no wonder he's waddling up yeah behind. no 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 i yes but it looks it looks hilarious and it works perfectly for this scene. And he also he says like your capacity for self delusionment astounds even me. And he, I live inside your curdled brain. <laughs> it's, it's such a great line. And John's like, hey, if you don't like it, you can go go, go move inland. <laughs> Does he leave? He's like, you ha- draw a man who has the best destiny in front of him. Figure out wormholes. Get going. Stay focused, John. And then affect the things you yeah, can. And then he gets distracted by a few ladies walking. Why, I think. Yeah, and he's like, satisfy yourself, John. Snow cone. And then <laughs> runs off after him. And John's like, yeah, I'll have a cherry. <laughs> I missed that. He does kind of slur that a little bit. I was like, what does he say? He says, ah, the cherry. <laughs> I missed the but... snow cone bit. <laughs> Beautiful. And so then John keeps walking along the beach. And we hear 
a voice saying that, you know, he's right, you know, talking about Harvey. And it's, yeah, it's Aaron's voice. We see her lying on her side from the back and she's in, you know, in a bikini on, on a towel. And she turns over and she's heavily <laughs> yeah, pregnant. Yeah, pregnant. <laughs> super pregnant. <laughs> like, put a cape on her and she's super pregnant. <laughs> and John asks her, it's like, why did you leave? And she says, look, uh, why do you think the answer is going to be any different from the thousand other times you asked me that? Because there is no yeah. answer, John responds. She says, look, look, I'm not right for you. You're like, I was just the best of limited choices. Ow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and John says, like, that's my kid. That's Crichton's kid. But Aaron says, like, this is, no, this is my child, John. Not your concern. Yeah, and he's like, whatever. And then walks away and again. And go out of his mind. And I'm like... Oh, great. Now he's talking to himself as well. Because Harvey <laughs> is a distinct entity. That is... Aaron is just part of his mind. Yeah, that's his idea of Aaron. And now he's... Yeah. In a way, he's just turning this over in his head over and over and over and over again. And that line of like, what would be different from the thousand other exactly. times he's, you yeah. know, he's done this. Yeah. he's Yeah. So when we cut back out, we uh, see the the Grudex who are wandering Glions! around the ship. They are... Glions! <laughs> they are basically... They... they they're what angry warrior dudes with they have like forehead things on their forehead but what they actually have is like there's a flap of skin that like goes out and there's like a bone mm-hmm. stuck through it but they have like long hair slightly plaity armor beards and they talk a bit weird and they're like yes also the background music is a variation on the 1812 overture i missed that nice like a lot of the background music or like the soundtrack in this episode is like using motifs from the 1812 overture when it's not using it directly (laughs) i love those kind of things it's like they're walking through and it's like boom 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 (laughs) like it's like slightly different in a slightly different key but it's the same nice melody yeah so anyway they're they're walking through and they're like uh they start hunting it's like go this way you'll find the thing ah go get the thing and so since they fumigated now john and uh the woman can get out of there out the module and so they go to Pilot and try and wake her up. Pilot! Pilot, wake up! Wake, wake, wake up! Wake up! And uh, she's like... <laughs> and uh, the woman says, well, just boost fluid to her... I forget what gland it is. And John's like, huh. And, like, does some fiddling under the like, desk. And then the pilot's like... And he immediately covers her mouth. like, shh, shh, shh. We got bad guys on board. It's like, do you have any systems? Like, no, no systems... No, he's like, you, maybe we can cause a distraction. You can save yourselves. Maybe in passing, we can, like her and Elak, we can save some other people. And John's like... It's all the same to you if we fight for you, right? Yeah. He also says, like, look at her. She's the Mother Teresa yeah. of the Uncharted Territories. And it's this shot that I actually realize, I realized how old this Leviathan is. Because the whole console is just, like, mm. completely white and gray. And it's falling apart at the pieces. It's like, ugh. Half parts look like just spider webbing that's how far it's decayed yeah exactly and there's hardly any systems working nothing really they can do but he asks the pilot you know are there any drds with weapons left and pilot nods because 1812 actually has a weapon on it and then john asks the woman like can we negotiate with them but she says no it's not their way oh okay so show strength got it yep is that right show of force and then he likes because because we can see from pilots then like we can see them start taking the ship apart from like corridors like uh distant corridors on the walls 
we can see like they open into this area and we can see them like taking stuff apart. They're hidden there because they're a bit further away and no one's looking at them. Yeah, and it's dark. So John just like sits down on the edge and <laughs> this is my favorite. Yes, I-, I love this because yes. he just yells out like, uh, let me try and get this right. I have this. I've got this down in front of me. Nov pavor herukt. Interesting. The woman's like, you didn't understand that, did you? Because it's Klingon. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh God, John, I love it. <laughs> He does it in such like a quick-witted way as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I love like, it. Hey, you over there. <laughs> well, apparently what that was like, John want that's like legit Klingon because Klingon, of course, you know, Star Trek fans may know that Klingon has been attempted to make into an actual language by Star Trek fans. Yes. And John was like, okay, can you guys find me something that means, hey, get off my ship? <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Nice. That so that, ben Browder that was, was like, give, give me some actual, come on, let's at least try yeah. to do this correctly. Yeah, I like that. So anyway, they hear him and they're like, ah, get him. And... No, no, because he's like, look, get off. And he's like, we have no quarrel with you. Uh, well, that's not how that works. You're taking apart my ship. Oh, you have amnesty. You can leave. I I grant you amnesty to leave. <laughs> you know what? No, backwards. You have you have <laughs> ten minutes to vacate this, and I start shooting at him. And so then he just shoots back, and then it's like, look, it's a show of force. It's the only thing Klingons understand. <laughs> and so they start shooting at him. He runs across the uh, walkway to the door to leave pilot's den and like you know dodging shots and then we get to see when they get to the other side uh she's like make them think you're dead and he's like right okay you missed <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh john <laughs> he really is a bit loopy <laughs> yeah but it. oh it's it's really entertaining yes it really is and then they say release them smithers release the hounds <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say it's just it apparently has some alien name in front of it i don't think it matters if we find that name the brinder's hound is brinder's hound brinder's hound it's like it just like wait hound like oh <laughs> and so they make a run for it and uh they're hiding in one of the corridors and uh she says to john like okay there should be a hatchway here leading you know that, that should get us out of here and he's like mm. there's no hatch there's there has to be a hatch here. And he's like, no, okay, other side, two tiers up. It's like, no, 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 schematics clearly say that there should be a hatch here. And he's like, schematics, like, uh, leviathans grow to accommodate their passengers. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. you've never actually been on one, have you? <laughs> oh, some things you don't learn in a library, honey. It's like, this way, like, let's go that way. And like, and she's like, okay, fine. And so they uh, go up that way to the hatch. I like that each Leviathan is unique in that way. Yeah, it's really interesting. And also, huh, another book smart redhead. Where have we seen that before? Yeah, I was thinking that a bit as well. Like, And she also seems to be a bit um, arrogant about yep. her abilities. I'm like, ah, this is uh, somewhat familiar. Yeah, but I would... I mean, we'll get to that at the end. We'll get to that at the end, yeah. So um, they make a run for it, but then the hound catches up with them. And, oh, yeah, yeah, the hound, like, it jumps past them. <laughs> I love how, first of all, he says, like, wait, hang on, how big is this hound? And she holds her hands together, like, oh, <laughs> that big? Oh, well, this old mean pulse pistol would be afraid of that. And then the hound just jumps past, like, oh, well, it's a bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, also, it's a CG creature. Yeah. And it's got... It's not the best. Like, this is very much a product of its time, mm-hmm. you know? This is... Uh... When it's moving fast through the hallways, it works perfectly fine. Yeah, that's fine, because it's basically a blur. 
there's a few scenes later where you know it's like prowling and then you really do notice that the cg has not aged well also they made it look really at least the design of it is somewhat interesting because it has six legs oh i i missed that odd and it's also got like a bat face kind of thing yeah that's what that's what those big red eyes were making me think of good point yeah and like big ears sticking out from the side of its head anyway so it like jumps past them then john like opens fire and then the woman he's with just runs up the wall yeah it's like quick shift your gravity center and she just walks up a wall and like wait a minute (laughs) one that's not how that works two how did you do that and john's like wait shift my what do the not huh comes back he shoots at it a few more times and just ducks into a a event and the dog just you can see from from behind it the dog just come up bite down and just like "Ah!" then that that sort of fades to black and when we fade back in uh john's being patched up yeah and the woman's like like because <laughs> it like it's not clear where the dog bites yeah. him just that it's on its low his lower quarters lower area below the belt and when he's being patched up like we see him from the waist up and she's like this that's really big <laughs> i'm like okay there are several things you could be talking about here <laughs> like is it his butt is it something else and she's and he's like yeah no and it's like is it, am I okay? And he's like, you, she's like, no, you'll be fine. It's just, that's the biggest vein I've ever seen. Because oh, it's okay. the vein in okay. his leg. Okay. It bit him in his thigh. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and she's like, this vein is too big. Everything too large. You need to make it smaller, lighter, so you can shift your gravity center. Okay. It's clear that you skip biology. Or you also skip physics. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, if, apparently physics doesn't apply on, on them, but she's like, you can't, not every species, you must know other species. Yeah. You, have- you know the other, those other guys, you know the Klingons, they can walk up on walls. <laughs> anyway, so she's patching John up, and and he says, look, if you're with them, why did you run from the Grudex? Tell me the truth, what, what happened? She says that she was actually too good at her job. They all they wanted was just to find a leviathan or two, and she found the sacred burial space. Basically, the mother load. Yeah, and you know, old leviathans come there, so like the really like the richest tubray tissue is going to be there. And they come there regularly, so she put herself out of a job, basically. And more importantly, they don't want her telling anyone else where this stuff is. Yeah, and the only way to make sure that she doesn't tell anything is if she's dead. Yeah, and so. And then they also don't have to pay her organization anything. I mean, that bonus. Yeah. And so they're still hunting for the uh, for the tissue. And the John and the woman realize that they they haven't found what they're looking for yet because the lights are still on. You know, they're, they're, the ship is still mostly active. Once they find it, apparently the ship just goes down. <laughs> and so the two of them go to hide to uh, plan an ambush. Mm-hmm. And they go into a central chamber, which only has one way in and out. We can get the jump on them. Yeah, and it's like, 1812! Get over here. Yeah, and it's like, right, you you sit there, you wait. I'm like, okay, just wait, and we hear them walking past. Everybody be very, very quiet. <laughs> Crichton, is that you, Crichton? Over the comms, it's like, oh, it's Damn it, Chiana! Chiana. <laughs> yeah, it's Chiana and Rigel over the comms. It's like, where are you, Crichton? What are you doing here? Like, it's like... He starts fumbling for his communicator, and you can see the Klingons in the hallways, like, ah, 
get back from the door. Because <laughs> they've come in, they've actually landed in the maintenance bay. They're on board the ship. And so the Grudex hear that and they're like, oh, hello, central chamber, only one way in or out. You're in there. <laughs> and the woman says, like, they know we're here. Nothing gets by you, does it? I love that line from John. It's like, oh, yeah. His face is beautiful in this oh, scene. That's so it's good. Like... <sighs> so, uh, so she walks out to meet them. Also, at this point, she's undone her hair braid. Yep. So they're like, it's, uh, her hair is down. And uh, also, I missed that, that John nicknamed her a bit earlier. She called, he called her Sputnik because <laughs> of the knots sticking out from her head. Nice. You know, like, like Sputnik. So um, anyway, she goes out to talk to their leader. And now we find out her name. Um, and she says, ah, Sikozu, there you are. He says that we're sure you won't tell anyone about this place when you're dead. And she starts basically negotiating for her life. And we cut to John, John's face is like, oh, no, <laughs> why are you <laughs> trying this? Yeah. And then she's like, no, I wouldn't tell anyone. And trying to being contracted means I am obligated to keep my mouth shut. That's part of the deal. The guy doesn't buy it. And then John jumps out, points a gun at her. It's like, aha, so now I know that you are going to mention my name. And, you know, trying to bluff his way through this. And yeah. just grabs her. And it's like, okay, you know your earlier offer of running away? We'll, we'll take that one now. Yeah, but bye Starts backing up. The Grudex level their guns at them. and I like that the commander says, once they hit the, reach the corner, open fire in full force. And yeah. John's like, stops, looks at her. 1812! <laughs> just shoots one in the back. Well, the, the thing is, eight, first thing 1812 does is starts playing the 1812 <laughs> overture. And he's like, no, 1812, 1812! And then, then it shoots them. <laughs> <laughs> and so they make a run for it. <laughs> and so the hound catches up to them and like starts attacking them and to shoot at it, but it bites off Sikozu's hand. Oh, it's just like... Yeah, like she holds it up to her face, and like her hand is gone. It's just like, oh, it's freaky. Ah, I mean, and she does what everybody would do in that case. She shouts, and so then it cuts away from that, and we are then in the maintenance bay when we come back with Rigel and Chiana there, along with Sikuzu and uh, Crichton. And Crichton is actually shaving; he's shaving his beard off. Yeah, and. Chiana and Rachel look like hell. Yeah, they do not look good. Like, Chiana's got bruises on her face. And her hair is covering her fa- her eyes, mostly. And Rigel also has some, like, wear and tear around his head as well. Got scabs. Like, I mm. think there's a wound on one of his eyebrows. He's got a beard on his chin, but a really patchy, ugly one. And Rigel's asking John, of like, have you seen Moya? What's happened? And he's like, nope, I haven't seen her. Got sucked through a wormhole. And their pod that they came here in, Rigel and Chiana's like, they were lucky to get this far. Like, it's really badly damaged oh great and john's like what's wrong with you guys like what's wrong with chiana and she says like well rigel you tell him rigel's just like why are you shaving what was happening and so chiana like walks up and says like john it's you you're the problem here and like slams down a hologram disc. yep and it shows commander grazer basically being like okay apra uh, basically a massive bounty on everybody's head yeah five million currency pledges just for Chiana, yeah. dead, dead or alive. And Rigel's like, I'm worth seven. That's messing with her head. <laughs> and she's like, shut up, Rigel. I mean, we've seen this before. You know, they're, you know, they've got a bounty on their head, which isn't surprising because they blew up a command carrier. Yeah, but originally Scorpius had vetoed all those things. That should still carry. I guess Grazer doesn't really care. 
No, Grazer doesn't care. And I imagine things are slightly different when the same people blow up a command carrier. Yeah, fair point. They'll probably be like, you know when we said we would give them amnesty? Nah. No, nah, no, they killed nah. too many people and destroyed too many valuable data. Let's just... I mean, they got amnesty for everything else, but blowing up a command carrier, 7 yeah, exactly. million yeah. credits. Yeah, these guys, like, none, none of the other crimes. This one. This one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big one. So, yeah, they're being hunted again by peacekeepers. So, so we're back to, um, I read out loud here, I'm being hunted by a crazed military commander, I believe is uh, the correct phrasing here. Although Grazer doesn't seem, she seems more sane than... Give her uh, time. I, I mean, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, those beacons are now everywhere, every port, every bar, every ship, all because of Crichton, so they can't do anything yeah all because of Crichton, because they had nothing to do with blowing up that command <laughs> carrier nothing at all i mean he's the one who got them into this mess in the first place okay, but that's fair anyway so chiana like asks again like john why why are you shaving now why are you doing that and he's like i finally figured out wormholes like i'm i'm done yes my wormhole beard can be removed now <laughs> and roger's like what you did it it's like yep i can send you home as long as i know where home is and where we are and where the wormhole network is anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's like great thanks john that helps yeah you figured it out good job and so what they need to do is they save this leviathan and just find somewhere to sit down by the way did you notice the other thing that um when he was shaving his hair, it also magically cut his hair. Oh yeah, he he had a haircut as well because yeah. he had a bit he more He got a magical curly haircut hair. by shaving his beard because <laughs> <laughs> his hair was longer beforehand as well. Mm. But so they've got to save this leviathan, save themselves, and then find somewhere to settle down and figure this all out. Yep. And John says, "Who better to save a leviathan than us?" <laughs> yep, we got experience with that. And so right now, what they need to do is that actually they go and get Sikozu's hand back because she says that her flesh can reattach. If they uh, get it in time. So he says, okay, Rigel, you go get the hand back. Or rude. Cause, you know, severed head, severed hands. It's a motif with you. Like, remember when D- Dirk has severed head? Oh, that's what they were referencing. I was, yeah. I was thinking, what do you mean severed head? <laughs> Rigel still has a head? I don't know what you're talking about. No, he, he likes severed heads. You know, he w- went around with Dirk's head for a little bit. <laughs> I totally forgot that. Oh, that yeah. was great. So he's like, okay, you go grab the hand. And Rigel's like, like all right, fine. And so Chiana goes with John to try and get some bits and pieces. So they need some things for their plan. By the way... Gianna and Sikozu are getting along famously. No. <laughs> no, they don't They don't get on at all. They're arguing quite a bit. So, so they'll be best friends at the end of the season, right? Yeah, sure. So... <laughs> <laughs> And so, but John and uh, Chiana are walking through the Leviathan, and she says to John, it's like, look, I'm fine. Don't confuse me with her. It's and like, I'm okay. And then, like, he, like, grabs her and, like, look. He shoves her against the wall, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. John, what the hell? Where? Why? Why? Chiana's like, no, no. And then he's like, no, tell me what happened. Something happened. Let's talk about what it is, because apparently it is important. Yeah, and Chiana feels that her visions, remember her visions she was having of the future, they evolved. What happened was there was a cheat-proof game in one of the casinos they visited, and she starts explaining it, and John's like, look, that doesn't matter. Okay, so you won. And she says, yeah, seven times in a row, more than anyone has ever done it. And they, so they arrested her, roughed her up a little, she says, had some fun, and then threw her out, and... John's like, well, at least you're not crazy. You really are seeing the future. But she's like, not really. I, it's changed now. I'm seeing the present. Like, it slows down. Like, I, it basically, she can, like, see in, like, bullet time. Yeah, and John's like, okay, so 
how is this bad? He says, well, the problem is it leaves her with blinding headaches and she's blind afterwards for a period of time. And it gets longer every time. Yeah, and John's like, okay, when we get out of this, we'll find a way to fix it. You know, we'll find someone who can take it away. Poor Chiana. Yeah. That energy rider really did a number on her. Yeah, it's, oh God. And the fact that she's been through, like she still has the bruising and like marks from where they beat her up. Yeah. And you're like, wow, they did not have a good time while they were gone. And so John's like, right, well, we need to to screw the pooch, as he says. <laughs> we need a rope, a rabbit, and a membrane. He's making a trap. Yeah, and Chiana's like, I'll get you the rope. You t- get the rest, the rope's mine. Then we cut to Rigel, who's like getting as close as he can to the Grudex on, in Pilot's chamber, mm-hmm. where we were before. It's like, John, they're still down here. I can see them all. They, they haven't seen me, but they're all still here working on something. Okay, do you have the hand yet? He's like, not yet, and he's you know looking around for it. And so then we have another vision uh, in John's head on back on the beach. Mm-hmm. And this time he's with Aaron and uh, we see him petting the, uh, the, belly. the baby bump. And the we, he says, bump. that's what it's called. <laughs> I've never that's heard what... that word before. No? Oh, well. no. Um, and we actually see like it's a prosthetic and we see like it bulge out a bit. And, and he's like, oh, that's a Crichton kick. That's a Crichton <gasps> kick. That he is. He said the title. He said the he title. Said, he said the thing. He said the thing. <laughs> and he's like oh that's a it's gotta be a boy and Aaron's like no oh, and you know girls kick harder and John's like well maybe it's not mine at all maybe it has a ponytail and a black goatee Aaron's like maybe he's like maybe it's got half a metal face maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe it eats all the time never shuts up and farts a lot and then Aaron responds like well then we'll definitely know it's yours <laughs> and then he just feels the kicks and he's like yeah that's a Crichton kick and then we flash back again and we actually see that Rigel has found John like sitting on the floor, mm-hmm. like uh, next to an open door, just staring into space. And Rigel's got the hand now; he's holding Sikos's hand, and it's like, "Oh, you're still obsessed, Crichton." Uh, Rigel's come over to give John a hand. Get out! Fired! Okay. Fired! Yeah, I, I agree. Fired. That wasn't a hand in the feet. Get out! Oh, 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 oh. Look, I'll be hands off on this. Uh, oh, stop! Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So yes, he says, "Are you still you're still obsessed over Aaron?" John's like, "I'm not. A, I'm not obsessed." And it's like, "Oh, really?" Want me to count how many things you're obsessed with? Wormholes, Aaron, Earth, Aaron, Scorpius, Aaron, Aaron. I've run out of fingers. You want me to keep continuing counting on hers? <laughs> and because Crichton actually asks, "Did Aaron say anything to you before she left?" And Rod's like, yes, goodbye, good luck, good riddance. No, that's what you said. <laughs> and Rod's like, forget it, she's gone. And John's like, yeah. Did she say anything to you before she oh, left? God <laughs> damn it, John. Start <laughs> listening. If a woman keeps leaving you, either if she's your bride, your lover, a slave you've bought to be your bride or lover, if she continuously keeps leaving you, take the hint. <laughs> and John's like, well, that was the plan, but you know how my plans go. <laughs> I mean, most of them turn out okay-ish. Yeah, in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first step never really works. And so it's always a working progress. Yeah. So um, then we actually see Sokozu talking with one of the Grudex. We cut to that in the maintenance bay or somewhere else. And she's like, ah, oh, yes, I believe we can make a deal. And she's giving him some money. 
And then Chiana comes in and like he draws his gun and Chiana just shoots her, uh, shoots him immediately. Yeah, it's like okay, fine. If you're drawing your gun, I'm shooting you. Hmm. Could it could have just stood there and talked. And then Sokos is like, "What did you do that for? I was making a deal." I she was shoots kidding. him again because he's trying to get his gun up from the floor. Yeah, <laughs> and so she and Chiana start arguing, and then John and Rigel come in and like John pulls them apart. No, no, like, they hey, start hey, hey, fighting yeah. before the, the the boys come in and. God, Sakozu fighting is so cool because he can just walk on the wall. Oh, right, yeah, she, like, walks halfway up the wall and, like, kicks Chiana in the face. They do it so well on screen, and I'm like, God, that's going to be great if she does more fight scenes. That would be cool, yeah, it's, it's kind of Matrix style. Yeah. Run up the wall and kick you in the head. And, <laughs> I mean, they both are pretty good at this, but Chiana kicks her ass, at least before John and Rigel break it up. Yeah, so they break it up, and say, so, like, look, what what is going on, and... And Chiana's like, hey, you see what that is? And points to the currency that was on the floor. And Rigel's like, <gasps> Scarron currency. And it's like, yes, I mean, we're, you're a Nabari, Hynerian, and you, pointing at Kryon, like, all from Peacekeeper realm. We're in the uncharted territories. What kind of currency do you have? What kind of currency do you think I have? Bound to be Peacekeeper in your pockets. Yes, my species hates scarons but i did grow up in their territories and i'm like hang on they left you alive in their territories huh interesting okay apparently you have a use to them yeah and she says her species is called kalish but yeah she hates the scarons but that's the only currency she had interesting we've never actually seen a species that lives in scarron space interesting background yeah and john's like well okay what was your plan and she says look i bought you a ship which the grudex would leave behind so we could leave yeah that guy liked her and basically gave her the keys to a ship that he'd leave behind so they could use it to escape but now that they've shot him it's like well he's not going to leave the ship behind no somebody else is just going to take it along right yeah so they've screwed that up but then as they're you know arguing about this then there's a the leviathan shakes and uh Sikosi says, oh no, they found what they're looking for. They found the tube rate tissue. So we're going to be dead very soon now, oh, thanks to you. Oh, crap. And so they've got to put a plan into action. So first, they, they need to get rid of the Hound, and then they need to take out the Grudex, the Klingons. <laughs> so they're all standing around an open hatch. We cut to that. And Rigel's like, why aren't we being sucked out into space? John actually says, ask her. And Sikosu says that the pilot is using the Leviathan's mass to make an electrostatic membrane. It's a force field, you know, yeah. basically. I'm like, you can actually... Okay. It's sci-fi, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I'll accept, I completely accept it as sci-fi. But one hit, and it just, and then it's gone. And so they're going to try and get the Hound to jump through that. And so they are going to have some bait to try and uh, coax it into jumping through. And Chiana and um, Sikosu are going to set up the next part of the plan. And Rigel's like, okay, I'll go hang out with Pilot. And John's like, eh, come back here, I need your help. Are you um, familiar with the concept of rabbit to the hound? Rigel's like, (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know the concept, but he knows where this is going. Yeah. Also, so now, and we see Chiana and Sikozu walking through the ship. Also, Sikozu's got her hand bandaged to the top of her wrist. Because Rigel came back and... Uh... So it's like reattaching. She can't really use it properly yet. No, but it's, it's functioning slightly, but not great. And Chiana's like, no, okay, you stay with me. We're not splitting up. I want to keep an eye on you. Yeah. She's like, I can go places you can't, Chiana. Yeah, I'll, I'd love to send you to one myself. <laughs> but then Sikozu just like walks up the wall and like stands there with her arms crossed. Is like, look, I told you I can go places you can't. And Chiana's like... <laughs> Fine. 
What are you going to do? Walk up a wall and stop her? <laughs> and so then we see Rigel uh, going through the corridors of like, oh, he's got no appreciation for my talents. <laughs> and then he hears the hound. He's like, ah, <laughs> runs off. And God, I love this. So like we see John. So John's got a rope tied around his waist. And I love when he's tying it around his waist. There's a moment where he has it around his neck. Yeah. Like, like, uh. Okay. But then he ties it around his waist and ties it to the door frame. And then he like steps out. It's like, all right come and see the tasty goat and he just starts like meh and like makes like paw motions with his hands and like meh come on come and get the goat and then like Rigel goes past like you wanted him you got him (laughs) (laughs) and I just love John doing the sheep while still in his rags while before he had a big lush beard sipping wine yeah (laughs) (sighs) anyway they did hide the big hole with a uh, holographic oh, right, head, yes. uh, hatch, which right because um, uh, 1812 like paints over yeah. over it with the hologram. Just like you're a true Picasso, nicely done, beautiful. And then puts 1812 down like like to go away. And so yeah, it's like Meh, come on, come and get the the sheep or the goat. And then the hound like jumps at him and like bounces around the inside of the hatch and then just jumps out again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh god damn it! And no. John's the same of like oh god come on and then it's like john trying to entice the hound is just the funniest thing because he's like all right come on come on you know you want some of this and then he turns around like shows his butt to it it's like come on you know you want some of this great a american beef american beef and like because he pulls it up he's wearing like his leather pants underneath but he's like yeah you want some of it and like slapping his butt like come on great a american beef come and get it (laughs) and then the jumps around again and then he's like come on you know you want some of this come on and does it eventually the hound jumps through the membrane yeah and just like oh shit 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 he gets <laughs> starts getting sucked out but he just pulls himself in with the rope gets through the door close it close it and he closes the airlock and then it's like okay all right we're good <laughs> thank you because he's lying on his stomach on the floor with 1812 in front of him and he's like that was a good plan 1812's eye stocks nod that worked pretty well nods again <laughs> and then we see that because Chiana and Sikozu did split up because Sikozu convinced Chiana um, we see that the leader of the uh, Grudex finds Sikozu and he says I've been expecting you again she's trying to somewhat bargain for her life and she says like hey you know my contract prevents me from revealing the location and and um, you know maybe if I can help you somehow everything will be okay and it's like I have very little problems right now. Very little concerns. I'll be done here before they catch up to us. Wait, who? What? Where? What? And uh, he says, I'll honor your contribution and I'll take you with us if you will um, divert the others. Lead them off. I'm like, lead off who? Well, she's t- well. he's talking about um, John and the others, the rest of the people. Like, keep them away from us and get them out of here and or, you know, get them out of our hair. And, le- and leave us to do our job. It also seems like he's talking about a group that'll be here before... I, I, it's not entirely clear. It might just be yeah. that I misread this because... Yeah, he wants... At least wants her to distract John and Jana and Rigel. Yeah, and so she says, thank you, and I give you my blessing. And then she walks off. And John, like, grabs her and is like, right, come with me. And he picks her up. And we cut immediately to the next scene where he slams her... Well softly slams her on the floor they're in pilot's den yeah i love that it's where he picks her up and then 
we cut into the next scene as he puts her down again. It's a yeah, it's a match cut between her being picked up yeah, and putting her down. Great. Yeah, and so he's like, "Oh, okay, you're selling us out again." Like, and I like that Gianna's like, "Here, listen to this uh, communication that." pilot intercepted and she puts on a peacekeeper headset well well, there's a couple things that happen because john says like hey pilot tell her how many children you have i had seven before i joined with this leviathan and john's like you hear that you're a mommy killer (laughs) how does that make you feel and she's like no they will look i simply follow my orders sikozu says and like don't moralize with your narrow perspective and john's like oh you, you can't do any better than i was only following orders like, that's the best you can come up with. Don't moralize me with your narrow perspective. Oh, superiority complex. Yeah, well, add that to the list if I've seen this one before. <laughs> <laughs> but and then Chiana, then Chiana puts the headphones on Sikozu's head and is like, hey, listen to this. It's a transmission from the Grudek saying that no other suitable Leviathans have been found and Sikozu's employers have been made aware that uh, her own errors cost her her life. So they have no intention of letting her leave. Sikozu is like, that's not fair. How can they do that to me? How do you can besmirch my reputation? And Chiana says, and I love this line, welcome to the universe. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I think that's going to be very metatextually important as well, but we'll see. Yeah, but then and John's like, hey, look, you've got limited options, right? You can either help us or die. She's reluctantly like, oh, we'll help, you know. Do I have a third option? <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> so now we put the next part of the plan into action. So... Okay, this next scene is a little bit confusing as to what's happening. I needed to watch this a couple times to figure out what they were doing. It took me... I think I figured it out at the end of this scene. Because what's happened is, like, they're in Pilot's chamber, or there's the, you know, the the shaft that Pilot's chamber is in. Yeah. And or Sikozu and John are up top, very high up, and they've got a bunch of rope uh, on a pulley, and they throw it down to Chiana, who's way down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. We've seen that part of the ship before, you know, with all the goop and the gunk that's down there the bat guano mm. and so they're gonna throw that down and john said they're on the comms and john says Chana's like you don't have to do that if you don't want to but she's like no this is fine we'll do it <laughs> and i like that rigel says look she gets more blind drinking alcohol anyway <laughs> and uh Tsukosu says to john's like don't remember don't shoot these parts or, or there'll be a huge explosion I know, I know, I know. Otherwise, there'll be a chain reaction destroying the entire ship. Yeah, and so what they do is then they so they drop the rope down to Chiana, and so it's falling past the we see like the corridors where the Grudex are working inside, right, looking for the tissue. We I don't saw think it they've noticed it just yet. No, <laughs> they don't notice the rope falling in front of them, and so the what they then do is John's like, right, okay, let's do this. Okay, once she comes up. You detach her, attach the bucket bucket of bolts, it's a pulley system. And Sikozu's like, right, okay. So they zip down, and John goes down, and Chiana goes up. Yep. So John falls past first, and they see that, and they pull their guns. Like, I saw somebody fall. There, I'm sure. And then around pilot's den, they pass each other. Chiana goes up. She passes where the Klingons are working, and they start shooting at her, and she has basically her bullet time vision and it looks really cool yeah so it's like all slowed down you can see the things like flying at her really slowly we have like close up on her eyes and what she's looking for is where the pipes and things are located and so she's like okay left side there's this big metal pipe right side there's a white tube and then there's a black tube in the middle and so when they get up they call it out of like okay 
That's where these things are. And we have to shoot them in the right order to create a small explosion to wreck the Grudex and not destroy the ship. And Sikozu, as Jana comes up there, Jana's blind. And she's, they start conferring, like, which one is where? Okay. And John down below is like, okay, which is it? Which, which order? Right, left, center. Okay. Got it. Sikozu tries to pull Jana in because they need to swap Jana for the bucket. Jana finds her hand. And then pulls it off. Yeah, because it's not fully reattached. And Sikosa's like, ah, ah. Don't drop it. Don't drop it. And you can actually, if you look closely, you can see that Gianna's eyes are completely white. Because that that's apparently the um, effects of her bullet time vision. Yeah, that's her, that's her blindness kicking in afterwards. And so <laughs> what happens then is that, like, so they... She's trying to grab onto Sikozu, and so both of them fall down on the rope. Sikozu ends up falling over and grabs onto Chiana not to fall down, and they just start falling together, and John's just yanked up. John just zooms up really quickly, and he's like, okay, left, right, left, and center. Right, right, center, left, okay. Right, bang, left, bang, center, bang, got it! (laughs) And then, you know, he zooms up and then there's the big explosion and the Grudex just all get killed. And Yeah, there's a large explosion, not too big. He did the right order. The girls land downstairs. John comes up. He's like, okay, there's the edge, there's the edge. And the rope breaks. Yeah, he's like, don't break, don't break. And we see the close-up of the rope, like, fraying. And he's like, ah! And then he falls all the way down. He's like, Rachel! And Rachel's like, ugh. How do we even try? I love that Rigel tries, tries to catch him. He comes him. just coming. It's like, what? I got you, I got you. And Joe just, just falls past him. Damn it, Rigel. Well, I tried. <laughs> we wouldn't, like, Rigel wouldn't have been able to catch him he anyway. Was, oh, come on. Do you really think Rigel was actually trying to catch him? Well, even if he did, he would have just got squashed yeah, by Yeah, I, I know. He wasn't <laughs> actually, I mean, he might have slowed the fall. He wasn't actually trying to catch John. No, but Just so pretending to. <laughs> so John falls all the way down, but he doesn't hit the the walkway. He just falls into the goop, into yeah, the back water. And because of Tesla vision logic, that actually means he survives and doesn't get splattered well, across it. Yeah, I mean it's, it's better than landing on a hard surface, but maybe not a whole lot better. No, not from that distance. That would be just like solid concrete. It's just like. <laughs> And so he's covered in goop, and then, like, he's, they're just checking to see if everyone's dead. And then and there's another like... large explosion from up top. And he's like that Sikosu and Chiana hide in a alcove, and John just goes underneath the walkway. It's like, yeah, I'll just stick here to dodge any falling debris. <laughs> and then he sees the body of uh, the leader of the uh, Grudex, like, lying in the water, dead. And he's like, no pilot muerta. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Worf, no pilot muerta. And then he then he climbs out. So uh, they've taken care of business, and uh, they're all sat around pilot's den. Notably, John comes into frame. Yeah, Sikozu is sitting there. Yeah, like John comes into frame, and he's wearing his old gear, like his black t-shirt and you know leather trousers yes, and boots. Yes, he's back. And so John says, "It's like, look, you may not want to come with us because we're not the best traveling companions." And I like this. She says. What was it she said? So I'm I'm going to get my life back, and I'm not going to end up like you. Yeah, and I'm like, that's very nice of John, and that's very naive of her. <laughs> yeah, so then John goes to talk to the pilot and says, like, look, I hate that you and Elak are, are leaving the sacred space. Like, this was your dream. And I love how she responds, because she says, 
No dream is guaranteed. The grace of age is we learn to accept. And we see a close-up on Sokoza's face as she's talking. Yeah. She says yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pilot says that the returning Grudek ship would have killed them before we left. And so we wanted to repay our debt before we passed. And John just takes pilot's hand and it's like, you don't owe us anything. And But she's like, no, well... Nevertheless, we will soon arrive at the planet where you think your friends are. Yeah, and that, oh, sorry, actually, I think we got that a little bit backwards because then this is when she says, it, you know, no yeah. dreams are guaranteed because we fade out on a close-up of Sokozu's face. Yeah. And um, what we see then is John, because we fade out from that scene and we see John walking in corridors and then it flashes into his head into the beach again and uh, he sat down next to Aaron, who is not pregnant no. this time. No, interestingly... Which is important, I feel. Yeah, and he says to her, like, I'm not coming here anymore. What? Why not? Because it doesn't change anything, and it just makes me sad. So she's like, well, what's left? And it's like, well, wormholes. Got to rebuild the equations after the new girl smashed them up. Oh, new girl. New is good. Yeah. And (laughs) John's like, not always. And then... It's just some random guy walks over to Aaron and... Some random hunk, can we be honest yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. And he hands her, I think he hands her a, a snow cone. Yeah. And he's got two. And he's like, hey, babe, who's this? And John just takes the man's snow cone. Nobody. And walks off. And so we then flash back and we actually see John, like, staring into space in the middle of a corridor. <laughs> I just had a thought. There is one person who could be that hunk. Harvey, he wasn't going to get snow cones, right? <laughs> uh, Harvey tends to appear as, as Harvey. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I do like that callback to snow cones, mm-hmm. you know, at least in that bit where he just grabs it and walks off. So uh, we see John then back aboard the Leviathan staring into space of like, <sighs> okay, and then he like turns around and 1812 comes in. And I, I love this, like the close-up of 1812. 1812 has a little like pen or like stick in his hand in its in its claw with um ink on the end and he's like and bumps against john's foot and john like kneels down and smiles and i like that it needs to bump him a second time where where the 1812 actually drops the uh pencil yeah and so john looks down and smiles and picks it up and 1812 starts playing the john starts whistling it first oh yeah 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 and then 1812 start, joins in, and then he starts writing on the doors, doing the equations again, and then the soundtrack picks up and plays 1812 Overture into the end credits. Yeah, and that, it plays it over the end credits. The, for the entire end credits, it's just the 1812 Overture. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end of the episode. That's uh, Crichton Kicks. That was that's... interesting. I like the time yeah. skip. I really appreciate that. I don't think it's... It's clearly a setup episode. I actually like that they don't immediately... Uh, solve the cliffhanger from the end of season no, three. No, 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 I love that. Yeah, like, we don't know where Moira is. No. Oh, there's only a, 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 a small part of the crew back. Only Shannon yeah. and Rigel have returned. I mean, they're, they're on board a new Leviathan, but this Leviathan is going to die yeah, soon. Yeah, it's a temporary solution at best. Yeah, and so I, I just like that anytime it's not immediately solved, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, here yeah. we are. So I really like that. I love seeing... Um, John being a slightly crazier than usual you know, with his beard and <laughs> yeah that was know. great <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit about Sokozu um yes quickly because so it's another addition so well, as far as we can tell like another addition to it, the cast she's gonna stick around for a bit at least that's that seems clear from this episode yeah and 
<laughs> so we said, you know, she's red hair. She's arrogant about her abilities. Book smart. But not with no actual experience. Yeah. And there, there are some differences between her and Jewel. Yes. But those are very big similarities. It's which... very clearly, she reminds me a hell of a lot of Jewel. But I think her introduction is better than Jewel's. That's the thing is like it, it it she feels like at least from this episode like Jewel 2.0 yeah you know which is a shame it, it's a shame because Jewel has never really been developed very no. much and this one Sokozu comes in and in one episode because she is part of the entrance Jewel's entrance episode she was just a random hanger on that wasn't based on her the entire episode I feel that Sokozu's already I mean got more background and more interesting yeah. character development than jewel had i yeah i agree with that and that that's a real shame for jewel's character yeah i i really hope jewel comes back and they finally do something interesting with her yeah we'll see i mean i i appreciate what they do with sikozu though because that works really well yeah and that's good it's just a, it, it i mean naturally we're comparing it to jewel because of those similarities and realizing that jewel has not really had any level of characterization not really much going on which is a shame I, I talked about that especially during halfway through season three mm. because there were so many episodes where the where moya crew was spinning their wheels and it was like please give jewel an episode make her more yeah. than the annoying one because that's all they mostly did with her there was one or two moments i remember the moment where she was with dargo in his ship that's the one moment there's like it's finally a little bit of character development. And Sokozu basically gets more in this episode. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I you know, presume they meet up with Jewel at some point and they'll, we'll get back to, to her and we'll I'll see what happens how, there. If Sokozu and Jewel end up uh, in the show side by side, how they're going to do that. Because mm. they need to really develop Jewel, otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah, so, okay. So anyway, that's sort of like a side thing from this episode. That's, yes. you know, it's, it's highlighting the lack of characterization of Jewel yes. by comparing her to Sikozu. So, but let's talk about this episode specifically, though. We talked a bit about it earlier. I This was a really fun episode, actually. It's fun. It's okay, I guess. Ah, I really like... Uh, I feel like the opening part with John on the Leviathan when... And when he meets Sokozu for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really entertaining section where yes. he's like... Those two working together was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then meeting up with... Actually, I really like the characterization of Elak and his pilot. Yeah. Like, those well. two are great. Um, the plot with, like, the Klingon knockoffs, the Grudex, whatever, they weren't, they weren't eh. particularly interesting. I, I like the solution they came up with. That was an interesting action scene. Yeah, they're basically... They're just a vehicle for the plot. They're, they're the, you know, your fill-in villain here sometimes you have those that's fine yeah so overall i still i really enjoyed this episode mm, because of all the fun parts so hmm, what am i thinking for a rating here i'm thinking if I, i'm not thinking i'm pretty sure i'm going for three here yeah i i was like oh do i want to rate it for just because i really like those bits but the, like it has good parts it works yeah perfectly fine yeah i think yeah i think there's still like the there's the, a few things that could have it just it doesn't impress me I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, it, it's a good, entertaining episode. And I like where things are going from all Yeah, from and that's on. the thing. I think it's it's clearly a setup type yeah. of episode. And so you're not going to get those big moments, really, in the first episode. No. So I think, yeah, I think three is totally fair. But with, you know, remember that three out of five is, like, it's still good. It's and, a good episode. That's, like, there is no shame in getting a three. And there are some really fun parts in it. 
but overall it's just like let's get this set up and you know see where we go from here mm-hmm. and so we've got a new addition to the cast in Sokozu we'll see how that pans out I like her so far yeah so far so good all right so that's her season four uh off to off to a good start I think yeah all right so next week is uh we start another two-part episode yeah very quickly I saw that yeah so uh next week is what was lost part one sacrifice okay and so a uh, quick summary for next week so Crichton, chiana rigel and sokozu head to arnesk to look for their friends but of course any reunion they may get is not going to last very long because the peacekeepers will show up of course of course so that's like a very straightforward like basic synopsis but there's i'm sure there's a lot more to that oh, episode hi, how are you doing oh hi peacekeepers how are you doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so that's part one of two of uh what was lost so that should be interesting part two part episodes yeah, usually right out of the uh, gate. yeah just boom so we'll see uh, what happens there next week um but yeah that was that was Crichton kicks we're back on board and we're gonna go we're just gonna go for it we're uh we're working our way through the last season yep let's do this yeah let's do it so thank you everyone for listening i uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast we'll be back next week like i said until then you can find us around the web on twitter at can't wear hats and red at red seven and don't forget you can go to cartwearhats.co.uk where you can find previous episodes of the podcast and links to rss feeds itunes and also the patreon patreon.com forward slash can't wear hats which supports this podcast and my other projects and uh yeah so there you go and don't forget if you're listening on itunes uh leave a comment or a rating would be greatly appreciated yes because it helps other people find the show <laughs> we'd like people to find it before we finish <laughs> <laughs> i mean on the other hand binge listening is not oh yeah oh i wonder uh, yeah you can just binge media content <laughs> so good all right so we'll see you next time thanks for listening everyone and uh take care goodbye goodbye bye Hats, I hmm? I suddenly have this feeling. Oh god. Let's go no. dancing on the ceiling! No, we're Whoa! not dancing on the ceiling. Hey, how are you oh. what are you doing up there? Oh, what? I'm dancing on the ceiling. How are you doing that? You do know Dutch people can shift their gravity center, right? I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. Oh yeah, you're right. Ah! Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>